Good run by Coleman. Barkley! Oh, what a goal! Fantastic goal by Ross Barkley! Everton level. A wonderful finish by the 19-year-old. His first Premier League goal. And what a goal! What a strike. And you couldn't say it wasn't coming. He's been the player of the match for Everton by a mile. Not bitter, just better. The all-new Everton podcast. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr. Johnny Seven here, sat here as always with Mark Mack. Hello, folks. Yeah, just the two of us again today. Uh, Paul has lost somewhere in Norwich, isn't he? Is he still not back? Uh, I wouldn't have imagined he was. Uh, the state of him, uh, by the sounds of his match report. Yeah, he has sent us a match report, which we're going to play a bit later on in the podcast. Stick around for that one, people, because it, it is quality. It is absolutely quality, so uh, you'll enjoy that later. Yeah, we're also going to talk about uh, Ross Barkley's goal, um, the general performance of the Blues, um, Ross's performance, uh, great performance, really. Uh, we're going to get to that in a bit. Uh, do you want to go straight to there? Yeah, straight uh, down to Canna Road, I think, from, from Saturday, just gone. Um, personally, I think uh, I can't really fault the Blues. I mean... I think it, it turned out to be a little bit anticlimactic. We've waited so long that we all expected an Everton win. Um, and we only got a draw. We only came away with a point. I think we did. I think everyone expected a win. I, th- I think everyone had a certain level of excitement, didn't he, with it being Martinez's first game. And I think we were all, we've all been... As Evertonians, we never wanted to admit that we think we're going to win. We always like to cry, no, cry at three like points and play it down, be pessimistic. But I think I thought we were going to win. I thought it was a decent opening game for us. I don't, I, you know, last week I wouldn't make my prediction. I sat on the fence and got splinters here. Uh, but I I don't think I expected us to win. And it could have been a very tricky t- uh, fixture that uh, with their signings. And, you know, one of them who popped up, Van uh, Wolfie Winkles, <laughs> whatever his name is, um, he popped up with the equaliser in the end. And um, it, was, it was a tricky time, a tricky fixture. Yeah, but if you look on the face of it, it was a it, it was a winning performance. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, we, we drew two all. Uh, Dave scored twice, and I think they only had two shots on target all game. And we've absolutely dominated them for for large quantities of the game. I mean, you only I think you posted something on Facebook about the stats this week. I mean, the before the, the stats themselves show what a great performance it was from the Blues. Yeah, most of the first half we we kind of, I think uh, Barkley kind of bossed it. Uh, the, 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 their, their goal when it came I don't, I don't know how he got through he stumbled, uh, stumbled through a couple of challenges and then alright decent enough effort which hit the inside of the post and then just bounced back, right back to him there's been a load of Blues complaining about the defending how can you defend against that you, you could, I mean you could argue that they could have reacted a little bit quicker yeah the only thing was distancing to switch off a little bit didn't he when it, when it hit the post very it? very fortunate though that it landed back at his foot yeah I mean as I say I, you know I, I've looked at, I looked around the team and there wasn't a player who thought I could criticise really 
I think Paul, I think, is a little bit diff- differently and thinks Fellaini had a terrible game on his report later. Yeah, I, I think a lot of Blues now are looking at Fellaini. If Fellaini uh, like, he's, he's under a lot of scrutiny, isn't he? They, they want every performance now to be um, to be like a world-class performance or otherwise his heart's not in it. I don't know whether Paul is, is one of them. But again, going back to the stats, I mean, if you look at the stats, Fellaini possibly had his best game in an Everton shirt. Most passes ever in a game. Is that right, yeah? Apparently so, yeah. Most most passes ever in a game by Fellaini on that game on uh, against Norwich. Yeah, I mean, the possession, uh, we bossed, bossed the possession of the game, was 67%. Uh, we had 20 attempts on goal. Uh, it's only seven of them on target, but, you know, still, the attacking football that we were kind of promised and, you know, the passing football, it seems to be, seems to be a good start for us. Um, and, I mean... The, the equaliser, we were off the top there, uh, what, a, what a great finish from Barkley. Yeah, sensational goal, absolutely sensational. I mean, as we said the last, over the last few weeks, we've all been hoping that Barkley would sort of take games by the scruff of the neck and you know he, he wouldn't be daunted by starting games and sort of having the expectations of the Evertonians on his back. And I mean, I think that shows... The lads, the real deal. Just that, just in that little piece of play itself. I mean, what a finish that was. Yeah, I think um, we, we did. Paul mentioned it last week about uh, the, seeing the academy in him, and you know, he, he play it, you know, play it off, lay it off, and uh, control, lay it off. And um, I think last season, if he'd have done that under Moyes, he'd already had a couple of uh, long range efforts. I don't think he would have carried on having them after missing. Uh, or you know he didn't miss by much, but he had he had a bit of a thunderbolt in the first half, which just whistled over. He just before his goal, he had a, a long range effort, which uh, was straight at the goalie. I think under Moyes, he might have been a little bit tentative and not uh, not uh, add that third effort. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. And, and I mean, let's face it, the, the keeper he beat with his effort as well, John Ruddy. I mean, we all know he's a decent keeper, don't we? So. Yeah, he's, he's he's come on a lot since he left us, uh, and he's he's up there with the best in the league at the moment. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any goalie was stopping that. Uh, and obviously, our other goal scorer was uh, was Seamus. Super Seamus, yeah. Another Pop- one of our ones to watch from last week. Popping up there in the six-yard box. Yeah. You don't, you don't often see that, so... Uh, that uh, is his other effort. His uh, other effort where he flicked it with his right foot and then uh, just half volley with his left foot. It reminds me of uh, another uh, another wide player who's uh, being linked with a big money move over over to, to Real Madrid, Bale. Yeah, you're right. I mean, what what did you think of other players' performances then? What, what was your what did you think of Morales? Morales, uh, he, he was he was trying hard in the first half. I, I don't think he, he he could get the influence on the game that he quite wanted. I mean, he tried a few things, uh, and you know, I think he had one good 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 break where um, he, the defender tried to flatten him, missed the first time, managed to get back, and eventually got him after he'd run about fifty yards. But other than that, he didn't have a great influence on the game, really. But I, I think he will. I think he will uh, in, in coming in coming weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I was disappointed in Morales, but I think again, my expectations for both Morales and Jelovic were were sky high going into that game, uh, and I think both of them had decent games, but never really did anything that really stood out. Uh, if I had any criticism of any players, I didn't particularly think Pienaar or Osman. Did much to influence the game. Yeah, Osman seemed a little bit off, but Osman can do that. He can, he, you know, he can control a lot of, uh, you know, pick up a lot of, have a lot of influence in the game. 
uh, picked balls off here, there and everywhere. Uh, but he just didn't seem as influential as he can be there. But, you know, not, not the worst performance there. No, I mean, uh, but again, I thought... What did disappoint me slightly was we done we went one 0 down obviously we did the hard work we come back two one up the Evertonians were going crazy you could hear them booming around the grandstands like a, a home game of goodness in a point and then we just did the Everton thing that we sometimes do and just conceded that goal and I must admit that goal was jammy. Yeah, the, the lad is is hit the worst volley I've ever seen. It's come off his shin and turned into the greatest cross ever that's landed pinpoint on Van Wolf's winkles. Head. Yeah, he had that bit of luck in the first in the first uh, goal where it, it, it just re- rebounded back to him. He put it in uh, with his right, and then he, he just thought, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll have oh, it was Whitaker as well, wasn't yeah, it? Put the ball in, yeah. He put the, uh, the volley in, and he thought, you know, I'll me luck's in here. Uh, I'll have another go. I, I tell you what, if, if I was him, I'd have put a lottery ticket on that night because uh, I think. Well, you'd be you'd be, a, you'd be a lucky fella if you'd had him in your fancy football. I don't think many would have looked at Whitaker well, going into that and would have got a goal and an assist. My mate Chris, who's been messaging me uh, for, like all week about this fancy football, and he he, he said he, he said he hasn't got a clue. He's been wanting to do one for years, but he hasn't got a clue about football. And then I checked his team on the Saturday night. And Whitaker's in there. <laughs> so, <laughs> someone's got to have him, I suppose. Yeah. So, but yeah, that it was a great finish from uh, from Ricky there. But uh, that cross, I mean, again, you know, complaints about uh, about the defence. I, I I don't see it. I don't see where where how you can blame the defence for something like that. It's it's just. I mean, if it was us who just scored that, you would have said a great a great finish from the from Jelovic, for example. You would have said it was a great goal by him. Um, I. I one when the ball first came out and Naismith had not long come on, I don't want to blame him for it, but I thought he could have been a little bit sharper and put a little bit more of a challenge onto it. But you know, he was just fresh into the game. Uh, other than that, we had other chances uh, possibly to get back in. But you know, overall, two all. Yeah, we don't want to nitpick. I mean, at the end of the day, a point was a point more than what we got at Carrow last season. So, but we, it's just a case of, you know, as I say, probably a little bit anticlimactic going into the game. I mean, just quickly, what's your thoughts on Norwich? I, I actually think, I thought Norwich were okay. They seen, you know, I thought we dominated them. I thought they didn't really have an answer to, to our passing. But I, I think they'll be okay this season. I, I think, think they'll be okay, yeah. I think against sides who aren't as, as, as uh, dominant, uh, dominant as we were, I think they'll do well. Obviously, we didn't see... Leroy the refrigerator fed on uh, on Saturday, uh, which I'm glad about because those stories also always seem to go in stores, don't they? Where you know we're willing to put signs, they go elsewhere, and then just inevitably pop up with a goal against us. <laughs> and obviously, we're recording this on Wednesday. The the word on the street is that they're signing Johan Almanda today as well. Yeah, apparently yeah. he's in. It's in uh, the final stages of going through that deal. Uh, he was decent when he was a Bolton a couple yeah, of seasons. Yeah, he did all right. I mean, he went a, he went a season or a season or so without a goal, and then. He came back and did did well. Had a really good run, didn't he? he scored in a, 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 about eleven goals in about eight games or something like that. So. Yeah, probably be a decent link up player for them. But switching back to the Blues, um, the great man of the match, Ross Barkley, by a million miles. Yeah, agree with the commentator at the top at the top of the uh, podcast there. Yeah, definitely, and very very exciting uh, excited uh, excited about what what's to come from Ross over this season. 
And apart from a bit of a lacklustre performance from Osman and Pinar, I don't think there was really any negatives from that game. No. As, as I said before, it could have been a tricky one. It, it did prove to be a tricky one, so two all with a, with a good dominant performance, uh, a lot of positives to take out of it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and I think we mentioned it, we mentioned about the blue support down at Carrow Road. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. And that's all you could hear on, on, over the commentary. You could hear the blues singing all the way through. And I think we're going to now throw over to our, our roving reporter who's going to show us what it was like to journey down from uh, from Merseyside down all the way down to Carrow Road. Yeah. What he told me was, it, it, obviously, because he knew he was going to be recording a piece of the podcast, he said, Mark, I promise you, I'm not going to open a drink till 10 o'clock in the morning so there'll be some sensibility to what I'm going to record. He then texted me on the morning of the game saying he got he left Liverpool County Road at 6am and he got bored and opened his first beer at 25 past 6 in the morning. So we've had a quick listen to this. It's, it's quality, um, but we'll let you see what you think about an Everton away day, match day report by a very drunk Paul Cronin. Good start, I say. Felt good. good start, yeah. Straight on the uh, Strongbow's 20 past yeah. 6. 20 feeling past six on the Strongbow. Positive. Yeah. Feeling positive, yeah. Actually, quite enjoying each yeah. other's company. Yeah. yeah. Not now. Yeah, no, no. Doing me anything now. <laughs> well, it must have been about half 11. It's a bit of traffic. Was it the, I don't know, the A11, A14, an A road? Yeah. All it was was a little right bend, some bear yeah. couldn't take, caused a big okay. cube. By that time, Moody driver. Team news had filtered through, hadn't it? Yeah. Fellaini was playing. Barkley started, which we Yeah, Barkley started, yeah, yeah. Fellaini shouldn't have fucking started, really, should he? Well, no. Not on the ground, didn't we? Oh, we, we, we? We had a right skin fall and then. So, hang on a minute. Let's let's just backtrack you know one, yeah. one moment. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we, had we, we had a drink. We had, we had a drink had in the, the um, what was it? The holiday inn was it? On the canal. Yeah, we were by the, the Premier Inn by the canal. All the Norwich fans were going past me in yeah. boats. Good crash. Proper well. weirdos like going past them boats. All the Everton fans singing, going down, going down. Don't know whether it was to the boat or <laughs> or, or the team. It was nice, nice warm day. No rain, nothing like yeah. that. A few bevies. A few we mentioned a few bevies, didn't we? We did, yeah, yeah. Then we walked down the match, didn't we? We got in, a couple more bevies, and, uh, and then the boys come out, didn't they? Roberto's first yeah, yeah. game, the atmosphere was spot on, wasn't it, mate? And started off well, better than I thought they would. Yeah, yeah, they did, did well, didn't they? Really good atmosphere, the fans, Ali Ali, oh, absolutely 100% behind the side, really. a little bit of a Ali Ali Ali, Ali Ali Ali, Revson FC, the Revson's Blue Army, except for a few more. That was the first time I'd ever heard that song, I have to say that. The first time I've ever been to a football match, in fairness. (laughs) But but yeah, but you know, we got in there, fucking, first half bollocks, one of me. Fucking 80s fucking pop in the background, it is upsetting me. Uh, 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 Fucking Big Dave on the coach has asked for fucking some music, so... (laughs) 
we were listening to the Man United on the radio, but fuck that off at the end. Fuck the music. I don't know that. The first anyway. half was shite. Yeah, yeah. absolutely shite. No one did nothing. I thought they fucking lost it though. Yeah, he did. That's a side, Ross started as he finished in the absolute one class. thing I will say, I don't know about you, but one of the things I picked up on, Everton missed the trick without keeping that ruddy. He is, he, he, he. I like him. A good comment from Mike, that. He said Everton missed the trick with ruddy. Funny thing was, he weren't even in golf and honest today. He was. <laughs> Fucking hell. fucking Brian Gunning, go, you do. Oh, fucking Ross. Like him a bit. Listen, the, 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 fucking, the top and bottom of it was Sorry. in the first Don't half, Ross Barkley was class, yep, wasn't he? Best player in the park. He actually Quality. started to do what yeah. he should do, didn't he? I'll tell you what, mark these words, and if this yeah. podcast goes out before, I don't know, before tomorrow, essentially, um, before the end of this year, He'll get an England call-up, guarantee ah, he will do, definitely, yeah. And now, um, at the start of the second half, we hadn't even got up the stairs and we were getting beat 2-1, yeah. uh, we were getting beat 1-0, weren't we? Shite. Um, uh, I say we hadn't got up the stairs. It was, seven, it was seven minutes in. What are you on about? <laughs> oh, we were getting beat 1-0, weren't we, before we got up the stairs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got, we got stuck downstairs. It was a bit of cute up the stairs. We were getting beat 1-0. We thought, ah, fuck this off, this is bollocks, have it all over again, let's just get off. Next minute we were 2 1 up. Yeah, it was amazing. You know, uh, what a fucking finish, eh? First, First goal, goal was amazing, yeah. Cracker, wasn't it? Off a left peg, right, yeah. pinged it. It's doing what he should be doing, right isn't it? Yeah. Really and that's why he's in that position. Yeah. He can, yeah. he can hit one. Uh, he didn't see Fellaini having a pop, mate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He stood up today, he stood up today didn't he? Fellaini hasn't got that in yeah. his locker, has he? No, he hasn't, no. But he stood up today, but yeah, he didn't. He, did, he yeah. stood up and he had a pop and he scored a goal. Really minutes, tough. What was it, five, six minutes later? Yeah. Seamus Colwyn. Bada bing. Yeah, fucking back of the net. It was all going well, wasn't it? Then, well, uh, then we were on quite, top again, That was we? justified, that. And do you know what? It was, a, for me, it was, a, it was poor defending and a bit of a spawny cross from a Norwich winger off the outside of the net, but, but, but to be fair to the lad, it the was it, what was it, fucking Michael J. Wolfsfinkel or whatever his name is? Ah, fucking Wolfie. Wolfie fucking... Good Eddie, to be fair. Good yeah. Eddie. But they, had, they hadn't even been in an half for fucking 15, no. 20 minutes no. and then they get an equaliser. Everton had bossed it. They pressed us again then, didn't they? Yeah. And then five, six minutes later and it calmed down again, we pressed them again and then kind of fizzled out a bit towards the end, didn't they? And I don't know, that was that fair result. I think both teams had settled for this role, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Fair, nice to have won, but a fair result, yeah? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. But do you know what? Fucking boss day. Yeah, boss day. Over the, over the Madison's afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of cold chicken pies. Uh, Probably have AIDS nice, in the morning, yeah. weren't we? Yeah. And at the yeah. moment, I've got a strong boat. Here's, yeah, yeah, I'll let you hear it. There we go. We've got, we've got, That's we've a got eight. Side of that. We've got eight strongbow pair left. We've got a big mad two litre cider bottle that we've drank full of oh, Morgan Spice. <laughs> Morgan Spice. That's coming out very soon. We'll probably do all what about eleven o'clock tonight, half eleven, <laughs> something like that. And uh, I reckon by that time one of us will have defo spewed out and go for the other. Well, I don't know. Roll on next week, maybe. <laughs> That that was uh, that was our Roman reporter Paul Cronin with another good friend of the Not Bitter Just Better podcast, uh, Mike Maney. 
Uh, and it, it sounded like they were reporting from the Blue Oyster Gay Bar or somewhere there. Um, it uh, sounded like a good day out there all around. Yeah, contrary to, to what it actually sounded like, they weren't actually just on the bus on the way home, funnily enough. So it, it's, uh, it's a little bit quieter than usual, though, isn't it? Normally have a sing song, but I think they were just, well, boogieing on down to the 80s tunes, I think. So. Obviously, we're going to have more from Paul in, uh, in upcoming weeks um, and if you listen to the very end of the podcast as well there may just be another snippet a bit of an outtake from that coach journey home which again is is quality it'll make you laugh yeah um, of course we should say that they, they, they were Paul's opinions and uh, <laughs> I mean we, we've talked we talked about Fellaini and uh, we don't think he was as bad as uh, as Paul Paul made out there but everyone's opinion's different isn't it so that's what it's all about really yeah, and if you you weren't a fan of the swearing on that, it's a bit late now. But we do apologise. Well, we don't really apologise because it was funny. Yeah, we we should have we should have put a warning on it, but uh, I guess it's a bit too late for that now. <laughs> so if you are, if you are offended, we apologise. Uh, and if that didn't offend you, and you you like the sound of the away trips, uh, obviously there are going to be ones for every game this season via since eighteen seventy eight dot co dot uk. You can also sit on the gay club stroke coach with uh, the likes of Paul and Mike uh, and even give us an away day report for the, for the podcast if need be. Uh, you can, if you're interested in any of the forthcoming games, obviously the one going down to Cardiff's next. Uh, there'll be a coach running to, to West Ham in the near future as well. Uh, and as we say, all the rest of the away games, either contact ourselves through the Facebook page, which is Johnny. Facebook.com slash EFC, not better, just better. Five podcasting and I still haven't bothered learning that. I do need to get my me, uh, me backside and gear and get that down. Um, or if not, you can contact Paul himself. He does usually make more sense than he did on that podcast, I must admit. Although if you heard him on Sober on our podcast last week, you may not agree. Uh, you can contact him at since1878.co.uk. Or on Twitter, his Twitter handle is since1878co.uk. No dots on No dots on Twitter. I learned that one last week. I hope you know the song is about you. I hope you know the song is about you. Don't you? Don't you? Well, that little Carly Simon-esque tribute to Leighton Baines can only mean one thing. Um, it's on to this week's transfer talk, and it hasn't really been a good week for the Blues. Um, it's not looking good, Johnny, is it? Well, it's been good as in no one's moved yet, uh, but the news coming in, well, the, the non-news, just the rumours, and uh, it's, it's quite ominous, really. Yeah, so obviously, as I'm sure all Blues listening to this podcast will know, um, our old friend, 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 David Moyes uh, and Manchester United uh, lodged a official £28 million joint bid ha! for um, Mr. Mr. Fellaini and Mr. Baines. Not um, each, not each, no, not £28 million each. No, it wasn't just £28 million for Fellaini or £28 million for Baines. It was for both of them. Yeah, it's a bit of a joke, really. And the club have rightly come out and said, club being Everton, 
uh, rightly come out and uh, said it's uh, a waste of, well, Roberto said it's a waste of everyone's time, and the club said it's a derisory bid. And well done to them uh, for coming out and saying that. Well, apparently how this bid's broken down is it's going to be a 15, 16 million pound bid for Fellaini. Uh, and a £12 million or £13 million pound bid for Baines, which I believe has already been knocked back once this summer. So, they all re- so, to add insult to injury, kind of, they've taken our rejection and then thought, oh, we'll spice it up a bit by uh, underbidding for Fellaini as well. Yeah, for basically bidding the same amount that we paid for Fellaini four years ago when he was a totally untested, untried young player that hadn't proven himself. Man United have thought, well, he hasn't increased in value since then, so we'll just offer them the same. Yeah, bit of a joke. A lot of a joke, really. And um, I'm hoping, like many Blues are, that it isn't Moyes behind, behind this bid, behind the figures in this bid. Obviously, Moyes would want those players at Man U because they're top quality players and like any, any club in the Premiership would want those players. Well, we mentioned this on the podcast before. Leighton Baines, in my opinion, is the best left-back in the world. And, you know, Man United being one of the, the biggest club in England, one of the biggest clubs in the world, they're bound to want the best players in the world, so they're bound to want Leighton Baines. Yeah, it goes without saying, really. Fellaini has obviously proved himself as... A potentially world-class player doesn't do it all the time, but you know, you can see why Man United would want him. Yeah, at a club like Man United, who are challenging, you know, it'd be it'd be able to focus on you know the, the, the higher aspect aspects of the game where he wouldn't he might not have to like you know battle and grind like you know we we sometimes have to because he's got players who are a little bit better quality than ours around them all the time. And I know another advantage of him playing at Man United would be, whereas when at Everton, we tend to rely on him. So if he's having a bad day, he doesn't get substituted. We keep him on the pitch. Yeah. Whereas if he's having a bad day at United, there's, there's three, four other players who come in who can take his place. So I can see why Man United would want him. But the amount they're talking is ridiculous. And my opinion on this is, they're Man United. If they want a player, they go out and get them. And they don't mess about. They don't make silly bids and get into bidding wars. They can afford to pay top dollar for people because they're Man United. You know, they're one of the biggest clubs in the world. You know, the amount of merchandise they sell, all that on top. If they want somebody, they can afford to pay top dollar. And it's an absolute insult to Everton Football Club to offer transfer fees like that for two proven quality players. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and there's been all the rumours today are they're going to come back with an improved offer of 35 million, which is going to be uh, 20 million for Fellaini and an improved bid for Baines of 15 million. But it's it, the 20 million for Fellaini is still far short, uh, fall short of the clause which David Moyes agreed to have uh, installed into uh, Fellaini's contract. So how can how can he justify that bid? It, well, again, I mean. You're probably talking about getting close to Bain's value at 15 million due to his age. Yeah, just his age, yeah. But again, I would still say it's a bit short because he's 29. You're still going to get at least four to five years out of him. Definitely. He's a fit player. I, so, and he, 
he's the best left back in the world. So, I mean, if you wanted to go out and buy Philip Lahm, would you pay more than fifteen million pounds? Then, of course, you would. Yeah, because he's he's an established, uh, you know, world-renowned international player, and so Spain's now though. You know, he, he was second second uh, uh, in assists in Europe last year. Yeah, and he's a right back for Everton. You know, that's 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 not easy to do. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, we saw him last week. He played for England, and he was probably man of the match for England. Yeah, another assist as well. So, to say the least, the Evertonians are not happy. Uh, what's your thoughts on on Moyes and this, Johnny? I I think Moyes has possibly identified that he wants to sign those players. I, I really, I just can't see that he'll have said, right, let's go and try and get them on the, on the cheap. I can't see that. There's a lot of Evertonians talking, saying obviously Moyes was still doing deals while he was employed by Everton, but doing deals, you know, for Man United. He's probably gone to Man United and said, you know, Everton can't afford to keep hold of these players because they need transfer funds, they need money coming into the club. Uh, do, you, do you believe that's something that he would have done? No. I, I think he's uh, generally honourable. And... Uh, a lot of people would begrudge him going to Man United. I'm not one of those. I think it's a, it was a good move for him at a good time. Uh, I hope it doesn't come out that you know he has said that kind of thing and he you know he, he thought that he could get the players on the cheap because as he said himself, Everton don't sell players for cheap. We sell players for expensive prices. He said that, so uh, you know he should go back to his you know and to his own values and. Uh, you know, if he wants to come back in for with a bid, then uh, you know, come back with fifty million. He he, with knowledge of Everton, must know that when we sell a player, we sell a player like Lescott, like Rodwell, and we get even Rooney back at the time because you might look now and say, you know, twenty million or twenty million add-ons was not a great deal for Rooney, but that was a big transfer fee in those days. Um, so. Moyes knows himself that Everton get always get top dollar for the players that we sell. So we must expect that. I mean, I put this out on the Facebook page. How I understand the football club to work and how I can see this working is Moyes has gone into the hierarchy at Man United. Because you've got to remember, he's not at Everton anymore. He's not the be-all and end-all. You know, he's just a team manager now at Man United and answerable to, you know, a massive board shareholders, everything else. So he's gone to what I'm led to believe is would have been the chief executive, which is the equaliser, Edward Woodward. Yeah, Edward Woodward, yeah. He doesn't look like the equaliser, though. You definitely wouldn't be scared of him in a fight. Uh, and he's probably said, you know, I rate I rate Leighton Baines, I rate Marouane Fellaini, I, wa- I would like to have them at Manchester United. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think that's the way it's gone down. And I think... Um, the equaliser is uh, who, who he should have been. To the I don't think we should justify him with a, a nickname as cool as the equaliser. No, no. I think we want to call him something more like I don't know. The, the I want to say kid, if you love him, I get sued. Um, I don't know. He he just looks like a horrible, arrogant little square to a man. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> and, and his behaviour, he seems to be. Uh, that of a horrible square to a man as well. Uh, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm lost for words though. That you know, I, I, like that twenty-eight million bid, I, I just can't, 
And the, the funny thing is, if you think back over the years, there's always been a bit of a... I don't want to say, like... There's always been a good relationship, I would have thought, in transfers over the years between the two clubs. There's been, there's been a number of players that have moved. We've obviously got Howard, Neville, or we had Neville, uh, Gibson, you know, and we've brought in other players, and obviously Rooney's gone the other way. Um, so there's, And obviously Moyes has now gone the other way, so there's obviously been some sort of relationship in, in the transfer. And, and I think... Even going back to Alex Ferguson, he always seemed to have a little bit of a soft spot for Everton, I thought. I always got that impression. Yeah, I think mainly due to the managers, I think. When, once we had, we, we had um, obviously, Moyes for 11, 11 years. And before that, uh, Walter Smith was a really good friend of Alex Ferguson's as well. Um, and as you just said, the players we've signed from, from them before, which I saw on, on one of the footy banter pages... Uh, a Man U fan saying about uh, you know us, them trying to get Baines and Fellaini on the cheap. Why are we complaining when we've had players on the cheap off them for years? And he brought up Neville and uh, Sahar and Howard, but we paid you know a, a reasonable fee for those players. We paid yeah, there's, there's a big difference between Leighton Baines and Phil Neville, and we all know that. Yeah, Phil, ne- Phil Neville was was a fringe player at Man United, and we paid what four and a half million for him. Tim Howard was. He wasn't the first choice goalie, and we paid four million for him. Um, and Sahar, Sahar, he, he wouldn't have got a look in at United. He, he, had, he had his chance at United, and he, he, he won a lot. But injuries cut short his United career, and Everton took a chance on him. So uh, there's no argument there, is there? There's no, it's, it's nowhere near the same kind of thing. But I know, I know much like you know, you've got Arsenal fans complaining about their inability to, to sign anyone at the moment. I know there are a few Man United fans out there who are also they're not happy with this Ed Woodward fella. Uh, you know, do you think so far every person he's tried to buy has failed miserably? We all know what's happened with Fabregas again because they probably offered ridiculously low transfer fees for him compared to his market value, uh, and now they're doing the same. And, and basically, all they do is, I think they're just running the risk of you know clubs really digging the heels in. And one good thing that's come out of this whole thing is. For once, Everton have flatly rejected it by the looks of it, and and hopefully we will stick to our guns. I hope we do too. Uh, what you're saying about that, I, I think this uh, Edward Woodward. I think he's. Um, I think he's thought we were going to be a soft touch. They came out a few weeks ago and made this apology over um, the way Moyes, Moyes joined them in the end, and you know that was meant to be like an olive branch and build the relations, and then they come back with this. Just, just a stupid bit, and it, it's just, it's just PR, isn't it? They've tried to get, you know, build a relationship back up again, just so they can, you know, prove that we're a soft touch and they can just take our best players, and um, willy nilly. And you know, we, rightly, rightly so, we've come out and we've rejected the bids and we've uh, said, said, it's told it for what it is, basically a waste of time, which is, you know, well said by Roberto uh, Martinez, uh, call it a waste of time. Uh, I just hope, you know, if, if, if it does develop, they just say, right, as Paul said last week, you know, either you're going to pay this amount by this time or you're not having them. I don't want them to come back with, like, raising it, like, 50p each time, you know, with 35 million and 35 million and a penny on, you know. Well, just, obviously, transfer deadline's a week and a half, so they've got, what, 10, 10 11 days to get something done. Which is interesting, because that's, I mean, I just want to go on to uh, another rumour today, and uh, uh, Wenger, uh, Arsene Wenger's come out and said most of, the, uh, most of the deals happen in the last 10 days before the transfer window shuts. 
and he's been rumoured today of being linked with Fellaini and a possible bin war between United and Arsenal. Well, I think, I mean, I said this last week, my personal belief is I still think I Baines will be an Everton player. I, st- I, d- I still think Fellaini will go. I was surprised to see him play against Norwich last week. Uh, I still think Fellaini will go, and I think... On that basis, I think the, a bidding war is absolutely the best thing that could happen for Everton. I think I, I think if, if that does happen, then I think we should pitch him round to the, the other big clubs then as well, and uh, possibly try and get him moved to Madrid or somewhere. Well, I, I would have thought he's the ideal player for Arsenal at the minute. Yeah, yeah, and you know they, they want him like a marquee signing, uh, and you know they, they've not got Suarez for you know, forty million. Maybe Fellaini for twenty five, thirty million. But I mean, I, I, like I've like I've said in the past couple of weeks, I don't want Fellaini to go. But I'm with you on this. I think out of the two, he's more likely to go. I, I think I think why Fellaini would be a good signing for Arsenal. And I'll tell you why. I think the Arsenal board, if they could outbid Manchester United. They can then appease the fans. It will go a long way to appeasing the Arsenal fans who are speaking out against him at the moment because then the board can say, we've just outbid Manchester United for a player. Showing This is a sign of intent from Arsenal Football Club. And I think that that is why Fellaini, apart from obviously what he gave them on the pitch, would be a good signing for Arsenal at the minute. So what are your thoughts? John, are you with me? You think Fellaini will go? Baines will stay? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I think I think Baines will stay. I'm not sure whether Fellaini will go because I, I can't see United wanting to pay ridiculous money. I thought I thought I think they've been found out a little bit now, and I, and I thought I think that they thought they were going to get them both on the cheap, and uh, everyone's laughing at them a little bit unless unless they come back with a ridiculous bid. I can't see I can't see them come back. And with does Bill and the board accept a bid of thirty five million? For the two, for the two, no. Does Bill on the board accept a bit of forty million? Um, I don't think anyone will bid forty million. I, I think, I think somewhere between thirty-five and forty, then they'll probably do the deal. Had I hope they don't, but I think they will. Do you think? Do you think they'll? Do you think they'll bid that? It's well, we don't know, do we? It's possible. There's a lot of pressure, I think, on Moyes and Wenger at the moment to do some business in the transfer market. So, is there it's any pressure they... on Moyes to, to buy? Well, he's, he's lost. I think because he's missed out on a few transfer targets, I think I think he does have to bring some players in. Yeah, I think there is an underlying tension on him. I think I think they should just what, what did he bid for Fabregas? Thirty-four million or something? Just go and buy Fabregas for forty. He's he's a, a more established world-class player than Fellaini, and he'd be more of a marquee signing than. Than Fellaini would anyway, and leave just leave him alone. <laughs> leave Fellaini alone. Yeah, leave him alone. But um, obviously, we've said there was only eleven days to find out now what happens. And obviously, as an offshoot of the Fellaini Baines Man United bid, um, obviously there's been a number of possible replacements linked to Everton. Uh, the one that's probably doing the rounds the most is that Everton are going to prob- or going to attempt to bring a couple of players in from Man City. Uh, namely Gareth Barry to play in central midfield and uh, possibly Alexander Kolarov at left back. Um, Kolarov's being talked about as a permanent deal possibly uh, and Barry maybe an initial loan. They're not the same type of players though are they? That's, I mean, I, I, I'd have them in addition to what we've got. The, the Barry one makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. The Barry one makes a lot of sense because I could see him really... I've never been a big fan of Gareth Barry. 
I think he's always been slightly overrated. However, I think that little role at the anchor of our midfield that Martinez seems to like to play, that, that midfield that he drops back, who picks the ball up off the keeper, you know, sort of fills in with the centre-backs, I think that would suit Gareth Barry down to the ground. And I think he could really do a job there. And he could push push uh, Gibbo. For, uh, Gibbo looks like he, he might, have, might have a few knocks this season already. So he, he could push him for it, and I think he's. I think he'd be a really good. He can play left left side as well, left back. Even. Cover a, a bit of cover at left back. I think he'd be a good addition to the squad for without a fee, but his wages is the sticking point. Yeah, and I mean it makes a lot of sense in the thought that there's a World Cup at the end of this, the end of the season. Obviously, Gareth Barry at his age, it's probably the last World Cup he's going to get a chance to play in. Yeah, I'm sure he would want to be going out to a team where he get you know first team football play most weeks and at the minute he's not going to get that at Manchester City so I think he is probably looking for a move I think we're probably the best club easily the best club he'd get a chance to move to he's been been talked about linked with Arsenal today as well well I'm not seeing that rumour so um, I think it probably makes sense and I think if there's no fee involved you know if City are paying half his wages then why not yeah Uh, what about Milner Milner's not been. We haven't seen him for a while, but I, I, I don't I, like James Milner. I think he's a good, another good squad player. Who I don't come in and do well for us. I just don't see what James Milner offers yet. I don't think he's got. He's, he's skillful. I don't think he's got any vision. I don't think he bags a lot of goals. I don't think he's a, you know, a decent tackler. He's just, he just runs about a lot. But he doesn't do any of that in Man City at the moment, does he? So I, I think he could do a few of those things at, at the Blues. Uh, and then, as we mentioned earlier, the other Man City player that's been linked is, uh, is the left-back, Kolarov, who isn't getting much of a look in at the moment either. Um, I quite like Kolarov. Uh, whether we could afford his wages, whether he would want to come and play for Everton, I don't know, because I'm sure he'd get offers from some of the rich clubs out in Russia. Um, but he, he's got that. If Baines was to go, we may struggle a bit from a, you know, a free-kick free threat. That was difficult to say, that. Free-kick threat. Um, and Kolarov will give you something I think on free kick so uh, I, I wouldn't mind taking a punt on Kolarov yeah he, he's always looked decent I mean he's not going to be he's not going to be rubbish in place for City uh, and he, he, he can hit a ball can he and he's, he's got a, he's got a good, uh, good set piece on him um, but like I said before I, I'd, I'd have him as well rather than a replacement for Baines um, but I, I just want to add something about you know like, like the uh, transfer merry-go-round Um Arsenal were accused of being disrespectful on Monday for putting a 10 million bid in for Kabai from Newcastle. Um, so, I mean, if Fellaini goes, then Kabai for, what, 12, 13, 14, 15 million? Would that be a good signing? I think Kabaye would probably see that as a bit of a horizontal move, even though we're Everton and they're Newcastle and we're obviously miles better than them and a much bigger club. Um, but I think he's got his heart set on Champions League football, which we can't offer at the minute. Yeah, um, well, and he, he bullied that ball boy a couple of seasons ago as well. So oh, and he scared of Tim Cale, yeah. Tim Cale. I forgot about that, Tim yeah. Tim Cale might have him off. Tim Cale might come back at the end of the season on the last day and batter him. Yeah, uh, also, the rumour that just refused to die is the £15 million bid for James McCarthy, which we, we laugh at every week, but it's still... I, I, my thoughts on this is if we were going if we wanted James McCarthy surely we would have him by now yeah and what, what's his name Owen Coyle was on Sky Sports News wasn't he and he said they've had no concrete bids on any of the players uh, and 
they, they want to be an open club and blah 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 which I'm sure all managers you know a lot of managers just like uh, deny when these bids come in um, again 15 million no chance no chance I, I don't think so uh, other possible replacements should they go you think of any there's loads of names getting bandied about and I'm sure we've mentioned some of them on previous podcasts over yeah. our uh, you know, pre-season transfer tittle-tattle chats but um, at the minute we've just got to wait and see there's 11 days left of the transfer window let's try and ride it out as best we can I think um, what, what a lot of people seem to the, the opinion uh, seems to be give up the will go uh, if, if Baines goes yeah I mean I'm not I think we would need more cover. I don't think we could we could just rely on Oviedo. I personally, I like Luke Shaw at Southampton. Again, I think he'd command a massive fee, um, but I think he'd have a massive resale value. So would it be a risk? Probably not. If you spend fifteen million on him, you'd get fifteen, you know, twenty twenty five million in you know five years time. Um, I like Luke Shaw. I'm surprised that Man United aren't trying to buy Luke Shaw instead of Leighton well, Baines. The the I, I, I think I think he'll go in for him anyway. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't mind having a little bash at him. Um, and then, as I say, with Fellaini, I think we could probably. I don't. I don't think we need the direct replacement for Fellaini. I think we've got a replacement in Ross Barkley, and then we could just buy a couple of players to pad out the squad. What about right? This this is another option which people have suggested. Which is kind of pipe dreams, but you know if United are coming in with cheeky bids, why don't we counter them and just say, right, you want Baines and Fellaini, you give us Rooney and Everett. Because I don't think I well, I don't think Everett would want to play for us for a start. I don't think when he could probably go to Paris Saint Germain or you know Monaco or one of these big paying, glamorous French clubs, and. As much as I think Wayne Rooney would like to play for us, I don't think his agent will let him anywhere near it. But they're being cheeky. Why don't we? Why don't we come out and just say, you know? Because that's not that's not what Everton's about. We no, we're no, a, we're a proper football club, and we only do things sensibly, or we try to do things sensibly. Um, we don't make joke offers. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't think it's it's that unrealistic. Everton are an attractive club to. I, I think even to to Everett, he, he wouldn't have to uproot, uh, uproot his family or whatever. He wouldn't have to. Uh, he hates the shite. <laughs> well, he does hate the shite. Yeah, um, yeah. But do you not remember back in the day when we used to make joke offers for people like Alan Shearer after he'd already bidden twelve million yeah, after he'd already signed for someone for fifteen million after he'd gone to Blackburn? Yeah, gone of those days. But exactly gone of those days. So uh, let's just not get involved in it. Let's just see how it pans out. Let's stick to our guns. If an offer you can't refuse comes in, then let's take it and hopefully we'll have a couple of days to buy a few players, maybe save some money to January and we'll have to take it from there. Yeah, so what is it? Is it ten, but 10 days left? Yeah, it's the it's 2nd of September, isn't it? The Monday, yeah. 11 o'clock at night. So let's just hope that at 10 to 11, we don't hear a big whooshing noise from Sky Sports, a big yellow and black breaking news sign pop up on the screen and Jim White screaming at Everton, I've just accepted a bid for Marouane Fellaini and Leighton Baines for Manchester United, and we've got 10 minutes left to buy Paul Sharner and Raquel May. Can you see either either player doing it other than Wingy and going to, <laughs> driving to, uh, to, <laughs> driving to Man U um, 
and and just waiting in the car park and uh, can you see either of them trying to force him to go for one? Fellaini still gets taxis to places, doesn't oh, does he? he? I don't know whether. Well, he might be able to afford the fifty quid taxi fare to, to Old Trafford. Like on, no, I don't think anyone's going to do an Adam Wingy. I think I think Baines. Uh, that's the other the other kind of uh, news is. Uh, well, it's, again, it's just a rumour that uh, Man U are trying to hold out so that both of them last for transfers. So they put the feelers out there now. They've made it, uh, the feeling, you know, that they, they made made it common knowledge that they want them. So they want the players to make a move now and force a move. Uh, I can't see Baines doing that in a million years. I can't see Fellaini doing that. I think, again, if they were going to do it, they would have done it by now. Yeah, unless... You know, if the next bid, say the next bid comes in at the weekend, thirty-five million, and they, he's, you know, filling his dad is onto him, and starts whispering in his, in his ear and says, "Come on, we can, you know, we can, we can do this. We can get this move. Maybe, maybe Fellaini, but you know, I mean, we're look, we've got that international break out the way, and that's when all these, you know, all these interviews seem to come out where you know, Belgian reports claim that." Fellaini's asked for him blah 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 you know all those so we've got that international break out the way so it might happen but I, I'm, I'm with you again I, I can't see them asking for a move well at the minute at the end of the day Fellaini well maybe not at the end of the day because it's only mid-afternoon but at the minute Bain to Fellaini and Everton players and that's all that matters Did anyone else get goosebumps then? Here's on the back of the next standing up. Oh, I can't wait for Saturday, Sean. I can't wait. Yeah, we've waited a long time. Although you know we were there a couple of weeks ago for the Betters game, this is the real deal. Everton back at Goodison Park uh, in the Prem, and we just can't wait. Uh, West Brom coming up. Nice little first home game of the season, and I think. Yeah, I, they, I fancy that. They didn't start off too great. Did the one uh, 0 uh, defeat? To Southampton at home as well, weren't they? So yeah, one 0 defeat. Ricky Lambert penalty. Ricky Lambert there. A quick mention to him. He had a good week last week, didn't he? Oh, Ricky. Yeah, great week for him. Yeah, capped it off. Capped it great. Yeah, with the, you know, winning goal winner. against Scotland with your first touch at Wembley. You know, for on your England debut, and then uh, scores a winner in the opening game of the Premier League. Shame he's a red shirt. Yeah, but you we'll, know, we'll get, I we'll quite get. like him actually. Seen as seen as he's one of them honourable people, I quite like him actually. Say that too loud, yeah. Um, but yeah, go on, going back to uh, going back to the Blues, West Brom on Saturday. Um, I fancy us for three points. Yeah, if we play like we did against Norwich, uh, keep switched on, dominate it like we did, but you know, get the finishes that we need. That's important. Ross, come on, have another g- a good game. Uh, Coleman, come on, have another good game. Uh, Hopefully, keep hold of Baines and Fellaini. Fellaini can show us uh, that, that he wants to be here and um, you know dominate like he can. And yeah, hopefully we can get the result there. Yeah, I mean, looking at the West Brom side, um, I'd look at the team from from last weekend, and it's pretty much exactly what they were last year. Uh, there's not many changes there at all, the exception being. And Elka started for them up front. Yeah, I think they haven't got a Lukaku this season. No, exactly. So that's probably slightly weaker because Elka's nowhere near the force he used to be when he used to bang them in for Arsenal and the likes. Well, I saw Lukaku's stats last season and 
he came on as a so I thought he was the, like first choice for him. He came on as a sub um, and scored something like eleven goals as a sub. Yeah, in the end, um, he was getting used in, in in sporadic bursts. Like I mean, Shane Long often causes us problems with his running. Don't know how. No, because he's a bit of a headless chicken, isn't he? Really, Shane Long. But uh, one of those players who's like you know. They seem to do well against us, don't they? Like Kevin Doyle always seems to do well against us whenever we play Wolves. Where's he now? In, in the Vauxhall Conference or somewhere? Yeah, so, I mean, that, that says, that's a, the type of player who does, who uh, tends to you know, raise his game to play against Everton for some reason. Yeah, do you remember that other two-bit striker that used to always score past us, that Alan Shearer fella? Yeah, that's Shearer. Whatever happened to him? <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, so... I don't think they've got anything there that should cause cause us too many problems. I'm open, comfortable win, and I'm going to say 2-0 to the Blues. I think they'll be looking to bounce back. and They're a lot better side than they used to be. Uh, but I, we, there's no reason why we shouldn't be beating sides like that. For last season, I mean, we, we, you know, we should have been beating, that, beating them then. Now, definitely. I mean, I, I think... the, the, the uh, the buzz that's around Everton at the moment, uh, we can. I just hope we can turn into results, and I, I, I'm, I'm confident that we can do. And without wanting to beat the subject to death, do you play Felly and Baines? Yeah, and uh, the other one, who, you know, uh, Bobby M's come out today and said that he's not scared of uh, putting Barkley in again on Saturday. And I think. Oh, I think Barkley's got to play now. He's got to play. First, first name on. First name on the team sheet for me, death without a doubt. Yeah, uh, go with Jelovic up top again. Um, Gibbo? If he's, I don't know, I haven't seen any updates on his fitness this week. Whether he comes, maybe we start with the same starting 11, Gibbo on the bench if he can make it. Uh, we were a bit heavy on strikers on the bench, I thought, for the last game. Uh, so I think there was Anachibi, Naismith, Kone, uh, no, quite a few strikers there on the bench. So uh, maybe bring Gibbo. Gibson in to give another option off the bench. I wouldn't mind Gibbo coming in for Osman, to be honest. I know it's a different role, uh, but maybe uh, have Fellaini in, in a central position. You know, uh, he's, he's, I don't know whether Fellaini seems to be one dropping down from the ball uh, rather than Gibson, uh, because Gibson wasn't in the side. Uh, yeah, you know, as we said, we said, if Osman didn't have a poor game, but he wasn't as influential as he could be. And sometimes I think Osman needs that. I know it's only one game into the season, but I think sometimes he needs a little, you know, a little bit, a little spell on the sidelines, a game or two, and he can come back fresh. It's like he benefits from having that, you know. He shouldn't really need a break at the minute, though. Second game into the season, I to be fresh. I, I, I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean a break. In, like I don't, I don't think it's his fitness or anything. I think it's just his influence on the game. I, I don't know. I, I think he benefits from having that spell on the side, like a, as I say, a game or two. I think it's been with Osman for a few years. He'll have five or six great games, and then he'll dip off a little bit have a game out and come back in and rekindle his form again. I, I think it's far too early to drop people. I mean, he used to say that against Norwich he just didn't have an off day and he could be in great form at the minute. We don't know, do we? So, I'd, I would say stick with this team two or three games pending anybody going um, and, and see, how, see how they gel, see how they fit into the new system uh, and stick with it. I think, you know, whether we play Osman or whether we play Barkley or Fellaini, I think we should hands down beat this West Brom side no worries over Jelly no no, no. again when we, we, we talked we talked about Jelly a lot um, on the podcast uh, previously and 
he, he decent effort for you know Seamus Seamus's goal where he followed up, made a decent run. Uh, other than that, you know he had a, he had another effort which was like cleared off the line, but which I think he you know maybe if he, was a, if he was a little bit more composed he could have, but he seemed to put everything behind it. Um, but I've got no concerns over him. I think he leads the line better than anyone we've got at the moment. Yeah, I fancy him for first goal scorer Saturday. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, as we said, start of the, uh, the podcast, Morales could come up big at this game. We, we, we want to hear that Kevin Morales song going around the stadium. Yeah, I fancy him for first goal scorer on Saturday. <laughs> and what about uh, uh, Pina coming in and having a good goal? Would you fancy him for the first goal on Saturday as well? <laughs> If PNR plays a little bit better, he could possibly score the first goal on Saturday. And if we get a set piece, uh... Bainty maybe is a good shout. Obviously, with all the you know flying under the radar, with all the press uh, interest in the minute, so possibly Bainty for first goal. So we've got four Saturday. first goals. Possibly, yeah, possibly, yeah. I'm not a gambling man, though, so uh, I can pick as many people as I want for first goal. But uh, I'm going 2-0 to the Blues, Johnny. Score uh, I won't to score, but I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, here we go again. Just grow a set, will you, lad? I'm Come on. No, I will say I'm confident we can get the result this time, though. That's a little bit of a step in the right direction, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Certainly not Mystic Meg, you are, you lad. Come on. I don't know when we were watching the game. When we were watching the game on Saturday. Oh, that was that was scary. Um, I, I'd, I'd put up on our Facebook page, uh, Ross could do with a goal here, and then within seconds, um, bang, there you go, top corner. And then I, I did try it again a few minutes later. And yeah, but unfortunately, he said Van Wolfswinkel could do with scoring a header here, and we all know what happened there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's, we, we're both confident that we can get a win there and then, you know, get our, get our first win under Bobby. Have a sing. Have a nice sing, yeah. See me. See me and the boys. See all our boys in the goddess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. Can't wait to get there. Can't wait to wear. Get a bit of alley on. Can't wait to wear Zed cars properly and uh, hopefully it'll be a good result for the Blues. Yeah, I think Roberto's come out and said that, it, you know, he's he, like, proud of the reception he's had so far. I think that's going to be nothing compared to what he gets on Saturday. Yeah. He'll, he'll know what a, a, what a real football club. I've got a feeling there may be a few anti-David Moyes songs. Yeah, I, I think there could be. I, I, I don't I, know. I just opened a minute. What I do opened a minute is... That suddenly, Bill Kenwright starts getting a load of stick again. Now I know Bill Kenwright; it completely polarises Everton support. You'd have your Kenwright haters. You'd have your Kenwright, your people who support Kenwright. But at the moment, Kenwright hasn't done anything. Has he? He hasn't sold any of our players. He's rejected the bids. So I just hope people don't start getting on his back prematurely. Yeah, uh, at the mo- at the moment, the only- everything else is rumour apart from that one bid. Or the- sorry, the-, the first bid for Baines and now this uh, second bid. And the club have done the right thing; they rejected both of them. Everything else that we see, you know, United thirty-five million, or we'll accept this, or we'll accept that. That is all rumour. Um, no one from the club has come out and said that we will accept those things. Ken Wright definitely hasn't. So um, I- yeah, as- I-, I agree. We just hope that. You know that there's no protests or anything because we, we we don't need that. We want to get behind the boys. We want to get behind the club, and I think Roberto has done a great job in uniting everyone uh, so far, and I hope it stays that way.
Okay, as regular listeners to our podcast will know, it's now time for the Not Bitter, Just Better Hall of Fame. And uh, you've just heard the unmistakable... Unmistakable? Unmistakable sound of the uh, Russian national anthem. So that can only mean one thing. It can mean one thing, Johnny, yeah, it can. And we had a little look at the Hall of Fame this week and noticed that, you know, we had quite a bit of firepower up top. Yeah. Got the Golden Vision. Yeah, we got yeah, Dave Dixon. Dixon, yeah. Timmy Kale arriving late in the box, getting winning some medals. Yeah, uh, of course, last week we put in a game, oh, sorry, a goal, which was Pat Van Der Hau's winner, a goal against Norwich, uh, which sealed the, uh, pretty much sealed the 87 League Championship. It did, yeah. But we're going to go back to a player this, this week, aren't we? I think we need someone to provide a bit of supply to them boys up top. Yeah, yeah, and who could that be? Well, I believe you've got someone in mind, haven't you? And, and the clue was in the, uh, the, the music coming in. Yeah. Um, this is somewhat controversial, but it's our Hall of Fame. We can pick whoever we want in our Hall of Fame. And don't get us wrong, I'm not saying that this is the best Everton right winger in history, but it's, it's, it's one of the, the most exciting players we've seen in, in recent years at Goodison. Um, Definitely in, in my time, you know, in my, in my time watching the Blues, uh, it's none other than it's none other than Andre. Get ready for this, Antanasovic Kinchelskis. Well, um, well done, well done. I'll refer to him from now on simply as Andre, shall we? Uh, and obviously, we signed Andre from Manchester United for at the time a club record fee, five million pound. Uh, was that was that a club record? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a club record at the time. Um, I shall just let me just double check my facts. Uh, the five million pound fee paid by manager Joe Royal made him Everton's biggest signing at the time. Ah, so, so there you go. So that that would have uh, eclipsed Amakachi at the time, was it for three million or no big dunk for f- big dunk, big dunk signed permanently yeah, yeah, then yeah. for four yeah, four point four. Yeah. So he's come in on the back of that. Uh, this is in 1995. Uh, going back a few years, uh, Kinchelskis was born the 23rd of January 1969, which now makes him 44. Getting old, lad. We are getting old. We yeah. are getting old. He was born in, oh, why am I doing this to myself? Kirovograd uh, in the Ukraine, which at the time was part of the Soviet Union. Uh, and obviously, he was a right winger. He signed for the Blues from Manchester United, as we already said following spells at Shakhtar Donetsk uh, and Dynamo Kiev. So all three clubs, good uh, Champions League clubs there before he signed for their not-such-a-Champions League club in Everton. But uh, let's gift that bit. Uh, and he made 52 appearances for the Blues and scored 20 goals before getting moved on to Fiorentina. Maybe because there was some people looking for him, or maybe just because it was for footballing reasons. Let's not go into that. Yeah, so he, he went for eight million. He spent what just over a season with us. Uh, I think he came in and he dislocated his shoulder, so he, it took a while for him to make his debut. But when he did, I mean, he was just he was electric. And as as we said, you know, it might be a controversial one, but he's definitely you know in, in the twenty twenty years or so that I've had a season ticket one of the most uh, exciting players that I've, I've ever seen and the fact that we had a player like that um, him, him on one side and Limpar on the other I know at the time it was coming off the FA Cup win and I think that summer you know Blues expectations were up and we needed to sign a big name player well so we went out 
and we looked at Nicky Papavasasilio, <laughs> uh, but he was too big a name of player, so instead we signed Andre Kinchelskis. Yeah. Um, and I remember trying to get it to fit across the back of your shirt, it was an absolute nightmare. Yeah, well, trying to fit his name into a song was, uh, was uh, tricky as well, but we managed it. Yeah, we should have just used the Russian national anthem. Yeah, I'm sure we could have fitted his name into that, but I don't know whether the uh, the, the blue supporters could have carried that tune. It's a bit of a tricky one, though. Um, and, he, and he loved scoring against the shite as well, didn't he? He did. He, he was a little bit of a, a little bit of a one for Derby goals, wasn't he? Throughout his career, I think. Um, so, yeah, Andrzej Kanchelskis. I think you know he, he might. He's, he's got that right wing slot in our Hall of Fame uh, for now. We, there might be better ones, you know, in, in Everton's history who can come in later on. Over the course of future podcasts, it's going to turn into a cracking squad. This, I think, uh, so there is going to be a bit of competition for places. And as we say, there might be some sort of long-time supporters of the Blues, some of the old-timers there going, can Chelsea some shite him? Shite him, only there five minutes, what did he ever do? But uh, for, for us and for people our age, you know, he, you know, he was one of those exciting players, as Johnny's already said, that, you know, there's good memories of him there. Yeah, um, what, my, my lasting memory of him is, is how he could turn a bad ball into a, a good, an amazing pass just by having the pace that he had and the control and his ability to just run, basically run the ball into the net, wasn't it? He was like, he just used to get it on that right wing and just head. It was like a diagonal line to the goal. Um, and My lasting memory of him, he wasn't playing for Everton at the time, but it was the time when he, he turned the ball into a pair of stilts and he jumped up on the top of the ball and had a little look over some of the players' heads to see who to pass to. Yeah, that Do you was, remember that when he was playing for Rangers? Yeah, that was one of, one of the not-so-good showboats over the years, wasn't it? Um, yeah, but as we're saying, you know, with, with, you know that, that outlet, you know, I've seen loads of players come to Goodison and uh, sorry, loads of teams come to Goodison and have that. You know, United had it for a number of years when they had gigs and they played gigs a couple of times up front against us. And basically, you know, any ball up was a good ball because of the pace. You know, if he was on the left side of the pitch, even if it was in the, you know, if it was it over towards the right, he'd have the pace to be able to challenge anyone for it. And we had it, we had it to, to a little bit to a, to a lesser extent, extent with uh, uh, Thomas the shithouse Rudinsky and uh, and uh, Andy Johnson as well. Uh, players with real pace who could like basically scare the living shit out of uh, opposition defenders. But Kinchelskis was the best I've seen at it. Yeah, he was the, he was he had the most quality that needed. I'm giving able to give you that. I mean, I think Morales. Probably give you that option now. Yeah, possibly. But he, he's, he's not that overall outlet. I mean, he, he has got that, you know, he has got that pace running from box to box. And maybe one day we will pay, play him uh, that little bit more forward where we can just make, you know, drop a ball over the top and he run onto it. Which, you know, he could offer that. Same kind of... Uh... So, Andre, get a plane ticket, son. You're getting on the plane, you're coming back with us. But we do need to warn you now... If we see you going into a branch of William Hill or the local Betfred, then you must go. <laughs> she wanted to do Moscow. He's Russian. He's and, Russian, lad. Moscow. And also, the number 17 shirt's already gone. Timmy's already got that, though, so you're gonna have, you might have to pick yourself another shirt. But you can't have 2-1 to one, or 7-4 to four, or 13-6. to six. OK, Andre, latest instalment of the Not Bitter, Just Better Hall of Fame.
So that's it. Uh, another podcast finished for this week. Uh, obviously, as we've said, we're looking forward to the West Brom game um, and you know all the following games coming after that. Uh, we're going to go out with a little piece of music and then if you listen to the very end, there is that little clip that we promised you at the start uh, from our friends Paul and Mike. And this is from, again, later on in the evening where they've had even more to drink and sound even more gay. So, Johnny, anything you want to say before we go? Yeah, the usual links. Uh, if you find us on Facebook, not better, just better, just search that in the Facebook bar rather than me giving you the whole URL again. Uh, Twitter is at JustBetterEFC, but also on YouTube. Um, and we're on Podbean, which is, you know, and, and SoundCloud, Podomatic, all the usual links to, for listening. The podcast is in the iTunes store if, you, if you're not subscribed. And... Yeah, that's it for me as well. Uh, We're pretty much on everything now, apart from vinyl, Betamax and 8-track. Other than that, you'll probably find us somewhere. Yep. See you next week, folks. Laters. Guys, 70s time on the Norwich coach. The Blues are all for it. A hundred out of 42. Cookies. Fucking Stella. A two litre bottle. No, no we're on. We're on. We're on. Spice. And it's all in 70s style. With Mike Lyons, Bobby Lodge. Now you've got a little bit of a duet coming up here, so. Wait for it, be patient, it's coming. Get your fucking drums out, Mike Lally. Turn it up! And we're behind the fucking horse. This is all I care about. The one. Oh shit. Care about. One, two, three, shake your bottle out. <laughs> One, two, three, silver and dysfunction, mum. One, two, three. Oh, for fuck's sake.